Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Good morning. You know, I was listening back to some of the old episodes and I realized that a few episodes back, I promised to tell about Lou. So if you don't recall that, that's okay. This will be a story in in and of itself. But Lou was one of the people that I dedicated this podcast to back in the beginning. When I started this podcast on October 1st, 2021, Lou was missing. Lou is my cousin's child, and it was a very difficult time. And hopefully now they're on the mend, and now they will be getting all of the help that they need. But I was very distressed and very worried about Lou in the beginning, and still am. And I'm sure it's going to be a long road to recovery. Lou is struggling with addiction and depression right now, but um, Lou is a wonderful and incredible person. And so I want to tell you a little bit about some stories about Lou. First of all, Lou is trans, so I just want to say up front that I used to call Lou my niece, even though they're actually my cousin. And uh, but my my the my cousin whose daughter this is, is so very close to me. We grew up like sisters. So I always called Lou my niece. And now I was looking it up and trying to think like, what is the word? Uh, So for those of you who don't know, if you have a niece or a nephew, the trans, uh, the non-binary word for that is nibbling. And I love that. That's such a sweet, precious word, nibbling. So Lou is my nibbling. But actually, Lou is really just my cousin, so I could call them just my cousin. Lou was always a maverick, for sure. Always the one doing something interesting and bizarre. As a child, they were very inquisitive. One of those wonderful children who is deeply connected to nature, as children often are. But they 
had no problem at all picking up all kinds of weird stuff off the ground, squishy things and things that other people might have thought were turds, <laughs> but uh, which turned out to be incredible strange bugs and such. Lou loved bugs. Lou loved lizards and things. Uh, the times when we got to spend the most time together were when our family met as a whole in my grandfather's house in Italy. So when my grandfather died, he left the house that we used to go and visit him in, uh, he left that house to us all, and we go and congregate there sometimes still in the summers. And it's a time to be able to spend with extended family that I don't see as often. So this is when I got to see Lou the most. Um, and one of the traditions that all of us grew up doing when we were children there was looking at the crabs that dwell in all of the nooks and crannies of the rocks there. The beach is not a beach so much per se in Italy, but very rocky. And it's this is in the uh, northern, northeastern part of Italy in Liguria. And the beaches are primarily just piles of rocks that go all the way down to the sea. And this makes for fantastic dwelling places for all sorts of intriguing sea life. And Lou would spend hours just combing the rocks for little crabs, putting them in buckets, studying them, lifting them up, looking at them, calling them names and talking to them. And my children had done this too when they were younger. My kids are good, you know, seven and five years older than Lou. Um, so they would also participate in this, even though they were older teenagers. But Lou could do this for hours and hours and hours. And then when they got tired of the searching for crabs part of the game, they would take a little swim. But particularly, I remember this part, they would sit on this one flat rock, stretch their legs out behind them, and start singing like the Little Mermaid. And we just sing out to sea as if looking for a passing ship. <laughs> they had a great flair for drama. It was definitely very fun. So part of the reason that I dedicated this podcast to Lou is because Lou in the summers would always grab me after lunchtime and say, tell me a story, especially a gory story. Lou loved the stories about wounds and pain which was funny and I you know I told them dramatically but I also told them with a lot of giggling uh, because I was a very accident prone child and Lou loved hearing the horrible stories like the story I told about the ice skate going into my leg those kind of stories where somebody ended up bloody were Lou's favorite stories so now and again I'll tell a gory story especially with Halloween coming up sure why not um, eventually I ran out of stories of my own because I will someday. I will run out of stories of my own. And so I had to resort to Shakespeare stories. Now, Shakespeare stories are something that I know very well, but I had to mine the tragedies. And they are finite. At some point, one runs out of tragedies also <laughs> for Shakespeare. And not being so very well acquainted with things like Marlowe and such, I couldn't go on and on with the Renaissance playwrights. But 
I would tell the stories in big dramatic fashion until I realized, wow, these stories are taking up my entire siesta time. <laughs> if I wanted to have any sort of resting time or reading time, it's gone. But that's okay. It was very, very fun. Um, and these are the things that I remember most fondly that I shared with Lou, as well as an incredible creativity. Lou makes beautiful things with their hands. Of late, Lou was a welder and Lou made incredible tables out of found pieces of metal that they scavenged from, you know, dumpsters and things and turned into gorgeous, gorgeous works of art. But Lou and I had a very lovely occasion one time when they were visiting for Christmas and they were coming to spend some time with me at the studio where my mom did her artwork and where I did my sewing. And I was making leather items at the time, leather armor and leather wrist cuffs for soldiers for one of our plays. And I had been researching and learning and taking classes on how to create things with leather, clothing items and such. So one day I spent the whole day teaching Lou all of the things that I had learned. And Lou grasped these things so quickly and turned them around and turned them into gorgeous little pieces of art that they ended up giving to people at Christmas. So it was fantastic because this was only a couple of days before Christmas and Lou never went to a shop to get anything for anyone, but actually just that day made beautiful little wristlets and uh, all kinds of wonderful knickknacks out of leather just from having learned it for one day. And it was a lovely time to spend together because when you're creating things with your hands, your hands are busy and your eyes and your brain are focused on that task. But if there are repetitive parts to that task and you start doing it by rote as, you know, you know, repeating a certain action or whatever, or your hands get used to doing something, then your brain is free to wander. And I remember we told each other lots and lots of stories that day. And that is a wonderful way to spend an afternoon. Whenever I had kids from my company spend time with me doing things like painting backdrops and such, I always remember I learned really interesting tidbits about them that I would never have had occasion to find out in any other way. But just because they were busy painting, they started telling things about themselves and telling stories and sharing stories and sharing dreams and sharing ideas. I remember there was this one time where two very, very different girls were working with me and one of them started to talk about their ambitions for college and things like that. Oh, I'm going to be a lawyer and maybe an airline pilot on the side, <laughs> which was, you know, incredible amounts of learning. Um, and the other one said, well, I plan to spend a good amount of my adulthood homeless. <laughs> and there couldn't have been two more different approaches to life in that room. And yet we were all focused on the very same activity. So it was a wonderful intersection of energies. Um, 
so has Lou matured? Many of these things, I hope, sustain them in their darkest hours. Their inquisitiveness, their curiosity, and their ability to create beautiful things with their hands. Because I know that they are struggling now and have struggled in the past. But they are an incredibly beautiful spirit. And I hope that in the place where they are right now, in the desert, that they will find healing and rebirth and also an intersection of energies of people who will help them through this next phase of life by being friends and mentors. Lou has been such to me and I hope will be again to many other people. Bless you, Lou. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.